This is a Crib Room podcast. Core Components, bringing you industry news, views, and happenings. Time for another Crib Room podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing as well. You can do it through the Apple Podcasts, you can do it through Google, and also Spotify as well. We are taking on the world, and at the moment, we are in over 30 countries with our consumption rising every single day. Hey, we have got another great Crib Room podcast. We caught up with Beacon Minerals about a month ago about their Geordie Gold project. We had Managing Director Graham McGarry with us. Well, Graham is back again, but this time he's bought reinforcement. With him today is the Executive Chairman in Jeff Greenhill and also the Executive Director for Development, and that is Alex McCulloch. All three are with us. We're all in the Crib Room podcast studio here in the goldfields of Western Australia. Welcome along, Alex, Jeff and Graham. And Alex, we're going to start off with you, first of all. No problem, Clint. Now, tell us a bit about your involvement with Beacon Minerals. Yeah, so I started with Beacon about four years ago, um, and the plan was that Beacon had some money in the bank, um, not much money, and we needed to go and find another mining project. So the focus was really to go and have a look at as many projects as we could look at Mm -hmm. and find a good one. And it took us six months to do that from when I started. And then in December 2016, we found, well, we went and had a look at Lost Dog. We got some documents signed quite quickly. We drilled the holes and we found the ore body. So Now, I've heard reports around the traps that you're a bit of an earth whisperer um, who comes with uh, a lot of experience. Tell us a bit about your background because you've had quite an extensive amount of it around the gold fields. Yeah, so I started at the Super Pit in 1989. Well, it wasn't actually the Super Pit. I started at Chaffer's Shaft, actually. So I worked underground for a number of years um, before Fimiston Underground basically ceased to exist. And then I worked in the open pits for probably a dozen years, I suppose. I was lucky enough to be seconded to the United States for a year with what was Homestake and Normandy in those days. Came back to Australia... um, had a brief stint with Rio Tinto, then went to Osdrill for 12 years or something like that, went to Perth, and then then joined up with Greeny and Mac. Now tell us about this, the Geordie project. We've heard a lot from the managing director in uh, Graham McGarry previously here on a podcast, but uh, just probably get into a bit more detail on the makeup of the environment around there at Geordie. Okay, so the Geordie mining area is well known to most people. It's been going for you know a century or so. Um, the Geordie mine itself, or the Lost Dog Ore Body that Mac named it, um, is a paleo channel. It's um, got some wonderful features. It's very shallow, very large ore body, well, large in, in relation to the size of plant that we've got, um, relatively easy to mine, and it's got a lot going for it. It's low-cost um, operation, and it's a great start for Beacon um, to get into being a, you know, a small-sized miner. Mm-hmm. Um, that will eventually, I hope, or we hope, lead into bigger things. And we look at tailing storage facilities and the way that you're going about that one. It's pretty methodical, isn't it, the way that you're setting it up to to mine one area, then turn that into a different area, come back again. Just tell us through that process. Well, we're very lucky that the parameters of the pit are, are, are relatively shallow and wide, so we can, we've got the opportunity to turn what was only a few weeks ago a mining area into a tailings area, and that's obviously the preferred option from the environmental side of things is to go and put back what you've taken out um, and rehabilitate it. So that works well for us. It's a relatively low cost option, but 
we've spent some capital up front to set it up, but it'll it'll pay us back over the coming years. Okay, we're going to come back to you with some more questions shortly. Also joining us is the executive chairman who is part of Beacon Minerals and we've got him involved today and it's pretty rare to see him behind a microphone but Geoffrey Greenhill's with us today. Jeff, good to see you mate and well done. Uh, thanks again for coming along with our Crib Room podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me in Glenn, thanks. Now tell us a bit about how things are going. We had a an update during uh, April where we saw just a little bit of a dip. Is that due to public holidays that were thrown in, some Easter? We saw those production figures were down just slightly. Oh, the, the, we, we are managing what we're mining and milling. Um, we're currently going through uh, trying to establish what grades we have in some of the stockpiles. So we've been, this month we've been milling some low grade and uh, we're getting some reasonable reconciliations with what we believe is going on there. Um, we've been slowly ramping up. Uh, April we milled at a rate of about 550,000 tonnes per annum. Currently for this month we're over 600 thousand tonnes per annum. So uh, the capacity of the plant is there if you want to push it harder. And we've still got a couple of days left to go for, for the month of May as this podcast is being recorded. Um, what's some other developments that have been happening out at uh, your operations in the last month or so? Um, we've, uh, with the paleo channel ore, it's very uh, wet and clay. So uh, one of the problems we encountered was our uh, initial bin selection in, in getting the ore into the plant. We've just uh, replaced that. We bought a, a belt, big belt feeder and we've commissioned that and that's now running reasonably well and obviously a bit more tuning to be done on that but that's a, a positive step towards getting the plant operations stabilised. Mm. And obviously you've got a crew that are out there, you, you're going 24-7 still? 24-7, yep. um, got a really, really good crew of um, operational people in the mill and they're being supported very, very well by some old experienced maintenance people that work for us, uh, old Kalgoorlie identities. Well, on that cue, we'll pass over to the Managing Director, and that has absolutely no segue into talking about him whatsoever. But Graham McGarry's with us. Very popular in our first chat, Graham. you were. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks very much, Glenn. As a Managing Director with uh, Beacon, tell us a bit further about how things are progressing at the moment, especially on your, your local procurement side of things. Yes, well, Glenn, uh, we, we maintain a list of uh, purchasing going way back, about on a monthly basis, going back right till uh, early last year. And we just did an analysis the other day of our top 40 purchases by dollar terms and uh, $2.7 million of that is spent locally. Uh, $1 million is spent um, uh, with outsiders uh, fuel and sauna, which we have to get from the coastal sand plain, and two other suppliers out of Perth who do not have representation in Calgary. So we focus on, on buying locally and uh, we support those local people which have supported, particularly Jeff and myself, over many years and a lot of good people here in Calgary, so we don't see any reason to, for not supporting them. How important is it for you to be to be putting back in? I mean, you've pretty much summarised it just a couple of minutes ago, but um, making sure that those local connections stay local, it's it's about making a better community, and that's that's one of your ethos that's been right through, whether you're the MD of Beacon or, or one of your other many hats in our community. Oh, both Jeff and I have supported uh, locally for over 34 years now, and we see here some of the best people we've seen. We've operated in other states in Australia, but some of the best people are here and they provide a very good service and and we pay them promptly and they don't have any reason not when we go in uh, and ask for some help they 
generally almost uh, without exception provide that assistance straight away. Now we've got a few podcast questions. Now this was a very popular part of our podcast last time around. So I've got a couple first of all for for you, Alex, as the uh, uh, executive director of development. Uh, these are all being sent in to us across the the times, the lengths, the depths of the planet. Um, first of all, Alex, some more detail and some timeline on the exploration activity, particularly for Panther. Yeah, okay, Glenn. Um, Panther is probably past the exploration stage now, and it's really in what we call resource definition or reserve definition. So we're currently drilling at Panther at the moment, which is the third iteration of drilling we've done in the last couple of months. And we're really just trying to define that ore body so we can um, we can go and mine it and also um, see whether there's any depth extension to the ore body. Um, so a lot of drilling we've done recently is not exploration drilling, it's actually um, grade control drilling to extend the... Um, the, the, the reserve of the pit to the west. Um, but I guess pound for pound, we've probably done uh, more drilling than most, and particularly in the in the COVID period where we thought it was important to try and keep um, the drilling contractors that we particularly use to keep them busy, and that's, I think, been appreciated. Um, but certainly after we finish the Panther drilling, we'll be doing some drilling both to the east and to the west to look at extensions of the lost ore body. What potential and the reasons for acquiring the recent prospecting licences uh, is there? Uh, is that the history that's around the place? Are there some future intentions that are there for Beacon? Yeah, look, it's it's all part of our plan that we stay opportunistic. Um, there was some work done out there in the late 80s, and, and we're talking about out on the trans line. Sure. There's some work that was done in the late 80s out there that was quite interesting in relation to um, platinum group elements. Um, we contacted the prospector who held the ground. Um, he was very interested in us doing a deal, um, and we did that very quickly um, with not a lot of money up front, but obviously um, the opportunity if, if we go and find something, then he gets a, a, a share of the pie. Um, so it's really just part of us being opportunistic, but, but obviously trying to be fairly frugal with the, um, with the expiration dollar that we've got. What about new prospects for tenements on the outlook? What's the, the the prospects available around that, Alex? What can you fill us in with? Look, I think the most interesting thing for us will be around the Geordie area, and we're starting to get to know some of our neighbours that have got some really interesting ground nearby. I mean, it's um, the mill is a is a is a, a big attraction for people. We've got an operating mill. We're in the vicinity, um, and we're starting to get to know some of our neighbours and some of the geology. And there's a lot of I think potential upside up there, but there's a lot of work to do as well. It's interesting you say that. You, you know, more and more releases that have got some exploration on it and some different facilities that are in, particularly that north corridor from Great Eastern Highway up towards somewhere near the Sandstone Road. They've all pinpointed that the mill is at Jardy, so obviously that's a bit of an attraction to a lot of people. Yeah, well, it obviously turns a potential into money, and that's um, you know really nice at a, at a lovely gold price and. You know we're we're sailing high at the moment on a good gold price, and that'll that you know hopefully it stays for a while, but there'll be some bad times as well. Now we'll go over to to Greeny now, and uh, and Jeff, just a couple of other questions that have come uh, the way that probably are more up up your sort of alley. Back in February, uh, Kulgadi Minerals they've since gone into administration. They sold their Gecko project uh, to Harbrook, which uh, is a Sydney-based private investment company. Given the relative close sort of uh, areas that we've got around that. That, that part of the world. Is there any interest from Beacon in acquiring some of that? Um, when when it was available, Glenn, we certainly were interested. There was an offer made for the deposit and unfortunately 
our offer wasn't accepted. Now, it might have been a good offer, but it wasn't accepted for probably other reasons unbeknownst to us. But, mm-hmm. yep, we were interested. Uh, the ore would have suited the mill and would have been a good fit for us because uh, it's only about 20 k's away. Yeah, yep, a bit closer towards the highway way. Um, what sort of initiatives are we now looking at for further cost reductions to hit uh, the PFS estimate of about 870 with an all-in sustained cost? I'll hand that one to Graham <laughs> because that's more in his line. Right, okay. Obviously, there's uh, interest and focus on reducing our costs, which is something that uh, we as the management can have input into. In this quarter, the oil price, uh, a reduction in lime consumption now being bought from a local supplier and we're working hard on our cyanide consumption which is associated to the lime. So those three elements will um, reduce our costs in this quarter from the previous quarter. I, I'm not going to, we're not going to give a prediction because that would be out of order we think but there will be a reduction. Okay and are the PFS estimates of $40 per ounce uh, attributed to the sustained costs or in the ballpark at the moment? I can't comment on that other than say we allowed five million bucks over the five year life, four to five year life of the project for sustaining costs. We have a little bit of trouble as a small company expressing that in cost per ounce, but we think that your correspondent is very close to the mark and over the next uh, two years he'll be able to work out and he's quite a smart fella, he'll be able to work out that that's about right. I've got one more last question for you, Mac, which we'll come to at the end. But over to you, back again. Sorry, Jeff. Um, at what point in terms of life of mine or of the additional resources would there be consideration to be putting a bit more into the plant, scaling up the plant to a degree? Uh, some some of the design for other ore bodies uh, has already been put into the plant, so it's just a matter of fitting the necessary equipment, and I'm talking specifically about a gravity circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've added a further leach tank since we've been running, so we've got enough leach and um, adsorption capacity for different ore types and different grades. Uh, the milling capacity, it, there is plenty there. There's uh, nearly 2,000 kilowatts of grinding capacity installed, so for us to get uh, additional tonnes through the plant is, isn't a big job. When it comes to one word that you probably have had tossed around to many a conversation with you, a consolidation, what can you give us in regards to a consolidation for Beacon? Um, yeah, the question of consol- uh, consolidation comes up quite regularly. Um, if we go back to 2016, um, we actually put it up as a resolution for the AGM to consider. And uh, because of the overwhelming response we got to say don't do it from the major shareholders and others, uh, we had to withdraw that resolution before the AGM was held. So that's really what uh, consolidations are about in some people's eyes. Um, At some point we may have to do it uh, and, and we understand it would look good if we can do it, but it's not appropriate right at this point in time. Debentures, can we talk about those and uh, how they're going at the moment? Um, We're steadily building cash and the principal focus for us at the moment is to get those debentures paid back as quickly as we can and then we need to have a look at what we're doing with the surplus cash after that. I was going to go into your dividends policy and where does that stand? Has there been any change in that over the last three or four months? Uh, The dividend policy uh, hasn't changed since last year's uh, annual report was put out and that is that we are not recommending a dividend at this stage but soon as we get through the debenture repayment and uh, if we have cash that's surplus and we don't have a lot to do with it, um, 
we would certainly be looking at paying a dividend. Okay, one last question from the listeners coming through, and this one's for you more so, uh, Graham, and that is, given the current stage of the cycle for junior mining and exploration companies, should you, as part of management, be considering merger or takeover opportunities for growth? Oh, look, we look at every uh, project on its merits, then if there's a corporate transaction that has to be done, we'd look at that. But uh, right at this stage, it's fair to say that uh, part of the market's very aggressive. And it, the, within that company, there has to be an asset that is of value to Beacon shareholders through the Geordie plant. Okay, well, that's the listener questions that have been sent in to us. Now, a couple of mine that have been up my sleeve. I just want your thoughts on your shareholder base because, to me, some of these shareholders that you see, they're various different comments, and we've included them in our podcast, Graham. They're very loyal to you, aren't they? Yes, the top 20 shareholders holding has hardly changed. The um, four directors own about 24% of the company, and then uh, the people, some ex-Galgully people and... Um, uh, Oceanic uh, really have the bulk of the other shares, but that top 20 shareholders hardly changed in the last 12 months. Well, that's through all of our questions. And um, Graham, knowing you and knowing how well you are so well versed with the 20 minute segments that we have for the uh, Crib Room podcast, it's been an absolute pleasure because we've come in under budget and under time, which has been outstanding. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. And we'd like to thank you for your time. And uh, we wish you you well in your endeavours. And we know with our last podcast, we had a lot of hits. Uh, and we will follow that through uh, with you again, and we will come back to you at an appropriate time to talk again. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room podcast.